Welcome, friends, to the Someone Gets Me podcast. I am your host, Diane Allen, and I am so delighted that you're here. This podcast was created because I believe there is a visionary leader inside each one of us who is waiting to be seen. In each episode of Someone Gets Me, you will hear useful tips from successful visionaries who will share their stories about how being seen has allowed them to take their vision out into the world with action. How to Live Your Dream with Jim Peterick. I have like this really cool musician with me today. And you know, we have so many cool musicians on the show that have long careers. And there's a magic to living that dream. And Jim's one of those people who has found that magic. His career started back in the 60s, and he's still going strong with amazing, great music. A legend, I would say. His entire bio is in the show notes. We're not going to spend time on that today. What we're going to spend time on today is his creative genius and how it is that he's managed to live his dream, even with all the stuff life has thrown at him. So Jim, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on Someone Gets Me with me today and bringing your inspiration. Great to be on this show, Diane. And um, I would love to talk about, you know, what inspires me, what motivates me, how I'm still here, <laughs> living and breathing and, and enjoying life and enjoying what I do. So a great thesis for this show. I got to tell you that this is a, a everybody you know needs to know what keeps people like me and other people going. Keep being re inspired. Right, exactly. Like because I've done a lot of research. I've already loved all your music for years and years and years. Anyway, it didn't take much research to when I, <laughs> when I knew that you were going to be on the show. But I'm like, you've written a book. And you play guitar, but you also play keyboards and you compose music and you do lots of things in the creative space. So my first question is, do you have any part of it that's your favorite that like that's what jazzes you the most? Oh, man. You know, for me, the first thing that lit my spark was, I mean, in a big way was the Beatles. I mean, so many people have said it, but I'm another one. You know, I, I was kind of, you know, stumbling. Uh, what do I love? There was the, the, the instrumental bands like the Ventures and the Pyramids and groups like that. Those were good. And of course, I loved Presley when, when I was very small and my sisters brought home these little 45s, you know. Yeah. And that was all good fodder for the mill. But then Jack Parr on The Tonight Show uh, showed some grainy BBC footage of this group of what I thought were mutants called the Beatles and <laughs> with their hair and and singing she loves you yeah 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 I went crazy and this is before they they hit Ed Sullivan you know right, right. Uh, this was really so I ran to the music store Alkin Music and asked the lady behind the desk, do you have anything by the Beatles? And she laughed. I go, the Beatles? No, I don't think so. I said, well, get ready. (laughs) And about two months later, I went back there. She said, man, you are right. The stuff's flying off the shelves. So there's always got to be that that point, that ignition point that sets someone in motion. And uh, for me, the Beatles were it. Right. So the Beatles started your ignition and got you going and excited. And then over the years, you've done all kinds of instruments and lots of playing in the world stage all over. 
Today, what's your favorite? Like, what do you dig the most? Like, if you could only pick one, even though you're not ever going to only pick one, but if you could only pick one, what's the thing that makes Jim's heart sing? Oh, great songs, you know, and great singers. I've, I've been blessed with work, working some working with some amazing singers through my career that made me look really good. <laughs> and, and, and as a writer, the singer is my tool in, in a way. The better the singer, the better the song, because I know what they can do. Like, I mean, of course, in the Ides of March, I was the lead singer and I absolutely knew what I could do, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm the friendly stranger in the black sedan, won't you hop inside my car? You know, just very blue collar, nuts and bolts, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, I had a great time with the Ides of March. In fact, the Ides of March got back together. We were together now collectively for 58 years. But in that interim, I did, you know, many things like Survivor, of course, was a big deal in 38 Special. I worked with them, Sammy Hagar. But uh, really what inspires me uh, really are great singers. And um, if I work with someone like Toby Hitchcock of Pride of Lions, which is a very popular uh, franchise that I have that does very well in Europe, I know what I can do. I know what I can get out of them, and it makes me write a better song. The same thing with uh, a lot of the singers. I work with Don Barnes of 38 Special. Uh, I wouldn't have written Hold On Loosely, you know, if it wasn't for he and, Je uh, and Jeff Carlisi. Collaboration in songwriting is really uh, a craft. And I have to say, you know, I can write a song alone and I can do pretty well, and I have a uh, vehicle I, I wrote alone. But something like Eye of the Tiger, it really took two people to make that click. And right. it's kind of a intangible chemistry in the room when two or three really talented writers are working and you come up with something that no one could do on their own. So I always stress with young writers and old writers, uh, if you're great at lyrics, find a great musician. If you're a great, uh, you know, a lot of musicians aren't poets. They aren't lyric guys, you right. know, right. right? And I've always found the combination with Don Barnes, he was a little of both, you know, he, uh, but he needed Jeff Carlisi to do this, to do that riff, you know, but he's the one that came up with the title. We're sitting in a room. Uh, in fact, my old house, which was just a wonderful old wooden house. And he said, uh, that when we're sitting there like deers in the headlights, because Co-writing is kind of like a blind date. I never met these guys. <laughs> and suddenly I'm supposed to be making love, you know? Right. <laughs> Which is what a collaboration is all about. Right. So we're sitting around the table going, well, what, what do we do, right? Right. And uh, finally, my wife comes out with a plate of nachos and we each had a beer. And this is like at four in the afternoon. That's kind of early, but we, it worked. And suddenly all the walls fell down and Don Barnes, Barnes go, well, I got a title. And he goes, I said, what? He goes, hold on loosely. I said, wow, but don't let go. And I was just thinking about the scenario when I was, I was dating my future wife and I was getting a little too pushy and close and pushy is a good word. Okay. And uh, and also protective. If a guy looked at her, I was like, mm, you know, and finally she said, Jim, back off. 
And she didn't say hold on loosely, but that's the inference. So I had all this grist for the mill for that song, right? And then Jeff Carlisi goes, well, I got a riff. And he goes. And you know, I was like the alchemist in the room. I was the luckiest guy in the room because I got to blend all these parts together. And, and that's what collaboration is all about. That song went to top 10. It wouldn't be that song had I not gone, you know. You see it all around you. Good loving gone bad. And usually it's too late when you realize what you had. You know, and I'm telling my whole story of meeting Karen and getting too familiar and it all came into that song and that became a hit and what I love about great songs well I, I hate to say it I could call it a great song because it's a collaboration right. the thing about great songs is a lot of them have a story behind them and a message they're not just la di da moon, moon and June they come from a real place just like that song Right, like they're, they're heart-centered. A lot of the musicians I work with, because I do a lot of mentoring work with well-known musicians and helping them like bring out the next chapter. Like where's where's their life going to go? The legacy, the, the dream going to keep going. Right. And a lot of times that's what we talk about is coming from the heart and that right. there's a deep meaning and a deep story underneath the song, which gives it that extra feel that people can resonate with, even if they don't even know what it is. It's just in it. It's infused in all the energy of it. And I think that's the beauty of the collaboration. And that's the beauty of going into our heart and bringing out that essence. Well said. Uh, you know, there's so much magic behind a hit record. And the most obvious uh, example is Eye of the Tiger. The, okay. the song that I'll probably probably be known for more than any other song unless I get really lucky in the next 20 years. Bottom line is it was a collaboration. I get a call from uh, that I thought was a joke on my answer machine. Hey, yo, Jim, give me a call. Sylvester Stallone. And I go, yeah, right, whatever. And I shut off the machine, you know, and my wife, Karen, God bless her, she said, who was that? I said, uh, some joker pretending to be Stallone. And she said, you, let me listen to that. Hey, yo, Jim, that's a nice answering machine you got there. Give me a call, Sylvester. She said, you better call him back, you idiot, you know. I said, I said okay. So I dialed the L.A. number, which was a good sign, and he answers, yo. And yo, he says, yo is everything to Stallone. I go, this is Jim Peterick. Is this really Sylvester Stallone? And he goes, yay, Jimbo, call me Sly, you know. Call me Sly. So here's a kid from Berwyn calling my hero Sly, but I adapted real quick. <laughs> I go, hey, Sly, what's going on? Well, he said, I got this new movie called Rocky Three, and I, I don't want to use that going to fly now song. It's a nice song, you know, but I want something for the kids, something with a pulse. Can you help me out? I said, no problem, Sly. And he said, I'm going to send you the rough cut of the movie, and I want you to write a song that's going to outlive you and me. Can you help me out? I said, sure thing. Two days later, FedEx arrived. I had to rent a big Betamax Pro. And uh, I called Frankie over, the guitar player of Survivor, because we like to collaborate. And we were watching that movie. I call over Frankie. We're, we rent this Betamax Pro, and we watch the movie. And actually, we only watched the first three minutes of the movie. That's all they sent me. 
And uh, I got a little bit of uh, intel over that. You know, you, you see Mr. T rising up, and you see Stallone getting soft and doing MasterCard commercials. And uh, I had my guitar around my neck, and I just went... Just that pulse, you know. And I saw the punches being thrown, you know. And I go... Etc. Etc. And we had that great dramatic cinematic intro, but we couldn't go any farther. We didn't know what we were writing about. Right. So I begged Stallone to send us the whole movie, which he, he was not supposed to do, but he did. Two days later, the Betamax Pro came out again. Frankie came over, and that's when the story unfolded. Then you hear Mickey, the, the trainer, going, Rocky. You're losing the eye of the tiger. Bum, bum, bum. There's our song. There's our title. Frankie was uh, throughout the first lyric. He said, how about back on the street, doing time, taking chances? Ooh, I said, I like that. How about rising up back on the street, did my time, took my chances? And we just went from there. And just like you were saying earlier off, off mic, a lot of these songs bake in a lot of your own experience. Right. And yeah, it's about two fighters on the screen, but it's really, it was really a lot about us too, a band struggling to make it. You know, we, this is a, this would have been our third album and we still had not made a mark in a big way, the group Survivor. This was our chance at the title. Right. So, you know, as we were writing Eye of the Tiger, it was really about Stallone, it was really about boxing, but it was also really about a group trying to rise up and make it right so did you have any like because when we talk about living the dream i'm curious if you ever had any like internal like imposter syndrome or self-doubt or internal struggles of can i even do this or should i even do this or all of that or people around you going jim you're crazy like don't keep going just stop or go do something <laughs> else or like did you ever have to deal with all that or has it just been like an easy flow i've had my times you know, I, I had times when, you know, you go dry and you don't have the inspiration or something's happening in your life that is very depressing. You know, a death in the family, um, so many different things, struggles with uh, your marriage. And even with my marriage, there's ups and downs, you know, as, as happy as we are after 50 years of marriage in, in September, there's still um, struggles. Right. But in, in those periods, I don't necessarily write a lot. But then later, when I'm in a great mood, I can draw on those uh, sad times. Right. Uh, but when they're happening, it's it's not as easy to to write a, a song because songs have joy. Uh, even the sad, even my sad, sad songs have joy in them. There's kind of always a light at the end of the tunnel. Right. Right. In my songs. Right. So. If somebody like, because what I really would love to hear from you is you've kept going for lots and lots of years. There's lots of ups and downs and all these things. And your dream is still alive. And in fact, it's expanding. And I was watching a YouTube interview that you did. And you said something that was very meaningful to me. And it was casual in your conversation. So it was beautiful when you were talking about believing in something bigger than you and doing good for the world and, and doing something greater, that there's more in your heart than what some people might think like I think a lot of people that I work with they they get looked at as there's this veil people don't understand that musicians and other artists are like real people 
underneath it all. And so when you see, when you touch that belief in something bigger, where do you see your mark on our culture? How do you see the work that Jim Peterick is doing play into that something bigger in our, in our world? Huge question, but fairly uh, clear answer. Just this morning, I was answering fan mail. I get these stacks of fan mail and elaborate packages of, of Rocky albums to sign and this and that. And every one of them seems to have a note in them about how much my music meant to them and means to them uh, through their lives. And some, are, some of the, of the uh, people are very young, 12 years old, 14, but there's a lot of 40 year olds who said, you got me through some very dark periods. Uh, I get them from all over the world, you know, from Japan, from Germany, from England. It's a, they always say it's a humbling experience. No, it's not a humbling experience. It's a great experience. I think that word is so uh, so misused. I, you know, it puts me on top of the world to hear the effect you can have through music and, and your lyrics. And I always try to put a little bit of uh, meaning in, into my lyrics. Sometimes I sneak it in, but um, I always try to give a little wisdom with the, uh, with the fun. Oh, that's beautiful. And I think that mixture makes things exciting and fun for you to do and also fun for the person who's listening. So do you, how much do you use your intuition in your songwriting and in your music? Man, I, I call it automatic writing, <laughs> you know, because sometimes I'll just put a pen to paper and let it fly. And it looked like gobbledygook and then I'll read it back and go, wait, there's something here. <laughs> it's just this top of mind stuff that you would never think of if you're trying to think of it. Right, it happened, right. You know, happened this morning <laughs> where, you know, sometimes I do these, uh, I call them gibberish uh, passes. So I, I've got a chord pattern. I'm just making this up. Standing sand at a peanut tree, sound of a tip and And that patsy sound that a peanut land and it about that camera to go. Means nothing, it's syllables that, but see, from that, that's a hunk of clay, that's a lump of clay that I could fashion. That line sounded like, you know, if it seems to me that you're all alone. Okay, write that down. Automatic writing. Mm, that's great. That's great. I love automatic writing. I use it a lot in my work and the books I write and things like that. I just let it flow and then see, okay, what was the message in here? And it always is something more beautiful than I could have thought up on my own. Always. Amen. Always. I love it. I love it. I love it. Anyway, so is there anything that you wanted to say that I didn't ask you about? I have two final questions and actually three final questions, but I want to make sure that there wasn't anything on your heart you wanted to share that I didn't ask about yet. Why don't you just go with your questions? Okay, perfect. Uh, the first of the questions is, what is the most memorable food you have ever eaten on all of your travels? Oh, my God. <laughs> I love food. I love food so much. You know, I, I think it's the Indian restaurant in London. It's a palace. I think it's something called like the, the palace, you know, and you walk in there and it's all white and the ceilings are like 30 feet high. And I always bring whoever I'm with to this restaurant and they serve you and they pour the, the tea and the, the flavors of India 
are so magical. I would have to say Indian food is probably, I don't eat it every day, but for special occasions, go to London for some great Indian food. That sounds, del- that sounds delicious. That sounds amazing. So if somebody's listening to us right now and they're beginning in their career or they're just trying to get inspired, which is a lot of the audience, or they're maybe feeling stuck. What's a couple words of wisdom you might want to share with somebody, you know, mm-hmm. to help them keep going through the dry spells? Right. Well, this is going to sound humorous, but it, there's a lot of meaning behind it. Don't, don't be afraid to suck. Don't, don't think every beat of lyrics and melody is going to be good. Sometimes you got to suck for a long time on a given day before suddenly something rises from the ashes and suddenly you don't suck. You know, it's like trying to find the diamonds in the rhinestones, you know. Right. People stop themselves because it's not brilliant right away. Brilliance sometimes comes gradually. You know what I'm saying? With Eye of the Tiger, it came gradually. Once we found the nugget of that song, we didn't give up. But in the end of the at the end of the day, we had a, a great song, a, a, something that will last for a long, oh, long yeah. time. Yeah, that that's brilliant. I love that. That's the best advice anyone's ever given. <laughs> it is true. I, I say that to people a lot. Like it's okay to just totally suck in the beginning. Right. <laughs> and, and and you just you said it. You took the words right out of my head. And I'm like, but somebody else says it too. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. And so your final question of the show. You've been so generous with your time. Just thank you so much for being here with me today. My pleasure. I'm having I'm having an absolute blast with me, you. Me too. Me too, Diane. If we're going to put up a billboard that the entire world is going to see with Jim Peterick's quote on it, what is the quote you would like to see everywhere from you? I would just say, keep the faith. Keep the faith. Oh, I love that. Profound, simple with it. I love it. Keep the faith. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for spending this time with me today and inspiring me. And I'm sure everybody who's listening on really staying with the dream. Keep going after it. You know, don't don't stop. Just don't stop. Keep going. Bingo. Diana, it was a pleasure talking to you and chatting with you. We're very like-minded and we had a, a really great time. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Remember, everybody, put your face to the sun because you're a rock star. You're here on purpose with a purpose. So go out there and let your light shine. And remember till the next episode, if someone gets me, be well. Thank you for listening. I trust you gained some valuable inspiration and information. Please join me and other visionaries in the Someone Gets Me Facebook group. Or for more information on my services and additional episodes, visit someonegetsme.com. Again, thanks for listening.